0: And welcome to the Talking City podcast, the Manchester City podcast from the Manchester Evening News. My name is Joe Bray, and I'm uh, delighted to be joined by Live from His Kitchen, Simon Baikowski. How are you doing, Si?
1: Yeah, good. It Took a while for the the light contrast to adjust from from a normal room, but we've we've made it in the end. How are you? Made it back safely from Southampton?
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, a, you know, they, they put the south in Southampton with that with that drive. And, uh, <laughs> Let me tell you, it didn't stop raining from the moment I got south of Birmingham to to, <laughs> to get in north of Birmingham on the drive back, but uh, it was a very, very interesting uh, little trip down south to Southampton, not just for me, but obviously for Man City as well. I think we should uh, get straight in. City were beaten 2-0, the Carabao Cup journey ends for another season. It, it feels weird to say that they're going to go two years without winning the Carabao Cup, but they were... Absolutely deservedly beaten uh, by a very good Southampton side. You were watching from home. What, what, what did you make of it? Because Pep Guardiola said it was more to do with the attitude, but he didn't exactly name a, a starting 11 that sort of filled everyone with confidence at the start, did he?
1: No, it was one of those games where he gave minutes to a lot of fringe players to try and, um, you know, make full use of the squad. It's kind of a gamble where if it pays off, it then helps in other competitions and if it doesn't pay off, well, you you saw what happened on on Wednesday night. It, it was a, a strange one because it's only a week since Guardiola picked a sort of normal team against Chelsea but played them in a wild formation and it really didn't work and they needed half-time changes for it to come off. Um, um, uh, I mean, we said after that one it was hard to know whether it was the formation at fault or the players um, making you know, unusual errors. I feel like the same was true on on Wednesday, but it was probably more the players. Um, And in hindsight, maybe you can have sort of Phillips and Gomez and um, Ortega and Palmer. and Maybe you can have two of them, but you can't have five or six of them Um, because it felt like there were a lot of errors coming from them. Um and you saw for, for both the goals it was kind of like a a, a comedy of errors almost kind of um Southampton almost couldn't believe the look how how bad City were at keeping possession and not to not to hone in on Gomez um who has had some very good games for United for City one against United and you know still looks decent going forward. Um but I mean, you compare him to, say, Zinchenko, who was so good at keeping the ball and passing the ball. There really isn't a a comparison. So a kind of a, a very poor night for them, really. Um, what did you make of it?
0: I think I was. I think you used the word shocked there. I, I think I was genuinely surprised at just how bad City were. Like, yes, the the formation wasn't sort of what we were expected to see Kyle Walker was in at centre-back. There was, as you say, new players coming in like Phillips, Cole Palmer, Sergio Gomez, who don't often play. And it just felt like we're so used to seeing City know where each other are and just fire these sort of triangles at each other and get out of trouble with absolute ease. But every time a player got the ball, it was like they had to stop, look where the teammate was and then go. And it just slowed them down so much. And I think that coupled with the fact that Southampton came out and took the game to, to City. I, th- I think I was saying before the game that Southampton were on a bad run of form. They were in a cup game and they had absolutely nothing to lose against City and that made them quite dangerous. And that's that's really proved to be the case because they, I, I think, as bad as City were, Southampton were very, very good in sort of forcing the issue as well. But yeah, like you say, the the fringe players, I don't think anyone really covered themselves in glory. And yeah, Gomez especially, it was... It, it was when his ne- name was read out as being substituted at half time, there was a sizable number of the city away support did a cheer. And you don't often see that with a, a city player or a, a Guardiola decision. It was it was very telling that he'd had such a bad game and it was it was the first goal where I think Ortega had played Gomez a uh, uh, Phillips and Walker into a bit of trouble, but they got out of it. That was fine. Gomez looked to intercept and go forward and every single person in the ground could see what he was going to do. It was a simple ball to Grealish, but he just misplaced it completely and allowed, allowed the move to come forward. And then everyone was out of position. Laporte had to go over and cover and left the gap. And yes, it was a good goal and a good finish from, I think, Maru it was, but it, it was so avoidable. And yeah, the second one, again, Phillips getting caught upfield. His first start, we were really hopeful that Phillips could do something and have a good game, but he he just looked a little bit off the pace and nowhere near as decisive as, and as controlling as, as Rodri did. And I I don't know what Ortega was doing. My first look, because I, I, I assumed that Phillips was going to win the ball, so I was sort of looking down at my laptop and then suddenly Gineppo's racing forward. My first look is that Ortega's given the ball away perhaps or something, but he hadn't. He was just On the edge of his box for no real reason and he played so well in the in the cup against Chelsea earlier in the competition but you know he he didn't have a good game either and as as much as it was a bad performance I I think when Guardiola looks to see how to fix it there's probably five or six players who can immediately drop out of that that lineup but do you think do you think there was anyone who came in and, and did support their sort of case to to start more regularly?
1: Not particularly, um, and I think the biggest worry was Cancelo, because you know here is a guy who started every match for City last season and was, you know, I, I've said before I don't think he was particularly great the first half of twenty twenty two, but he still played every game, um, and now he's he's come back in and it's it, it's just hard to see where that player is. I mean, you know, we we all had a go at Gomez for many things, but also, you know, a foul throw because that is, like, the ultimate kind of non-professional thing to do. Uh, but Cancelo did one as well and just looks like a shadow of the player that that he was. But I think as much as you say, um, as much as kind of we focused on the players that came into the team, you, you kind of forget that, you know, Pep had made five subs, from like half-time till 60 minutes. And you had De Bruyne and um, Akanji and Ake and Haaland uh, and Rodri. And, you know, De Bruyne sends Alvarez through in the first minute of the second half and we're thinking, right, this is this is a proper city team now. This means business. And then there was just nothing. Like Gavin Bazunu had absolutely nothing to do. I think... Um, the records show it's the first time City haven't had a shot on target in the match since they lost 3-0 at Liverpool in the Champions League. Um, but also, in that Champions League game, Sane had a perfectly legitimate goal ruled out for offside. So, you've probably got to go back even further to find the last time City was so impotent up front. Um, so, you know, as much as the fringe players didn't deliver, you know, five of Guardiola's best players had 30 to 45 minutes to change it and couldn't. So it wasn't really a good night for anyone.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
1: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line.
0: Well that leads me nicely on one of my next questions, is that it, it did feel like that. There was ten to fifteen minutes at the start of the second half where there was a bit of a bit of attacking intent and then nothing. I was looking at the clock and it was 70 minutes I'm thinking okay if they get one back now they might be able to get another one suddenly it's 85 minutes and nothing's happened City just haven't had a go and as much as I've been sort of singing Julian Alvarez's praises, he was anonymous for most of the game apart from that one chance. I don't I don't remember anything he really did. Now, whether that's because Southampton did a good marking job on him, whether he just didn't have service, I'm not sure it was all his fault. But no, I think I would agree with you that nobody could come away from that game and say they had a good game or they did well. And then after the game, Guardiola said... City weren't ready. He said that the it was sort of an attitude problem more than the formation. He was asked about not starting De Bruyne and Haaland, and he said even if they'd started, he had a feeling that the performance would be the same. He but he said it was a whole squad issue basically and not just the players who came in and and didn't take the chance. And it sounded like he'd been expecting it for a while when he said he had a feeling that it was going to happen. It doesn't sound like it. It was just a one-off. He, he, in his press conference, he was pretty calm. It was a pretty matter-of-fact assessment of it because he was like, "Well, we just weren't. We didn't put the basics in. We didn't have the attitude or the commitment or the desire to win a game." And Southampton did. Do you think that's a concern that we've we've been sort of familiar with this city side for so long that Hunt impacts and the they're so aggressive in everything they do. Is it a concern that that desire sort of potentially dropped, even if it's just for one game? Is it a wider issue that maybe this result's been coming for a bit longer, do you think?
1: Yeah, I I think it is. Um, And it should be noted that um, Guardiola said after the Leeds and Liverpool games, he said, you know, the desire and hunger shown in in these games are why I sign my new contract. And after they beat 4-0 Chelsea, after they beat Chelsea 4-0 less than a week ago, Guardiola was like, this is what I want to see every week. Um, but it's just more inconsistent than you used to see him from City. And the Everton game, Guardiola and we were the better team and were very good, Um But they didn't look good. And like you said, there was no kind of cavalry against Southampton. The same against Everton. We sat there and were like, are they going to have a chance anytime soon? Um, And they didn't. And I always think City... I always think there's more to worry about with City when they don't create rather than when they miss chances. Because... you know, at least it's then just kind of poor finishing, which can be easily corrected by like a Haaland. But I thought it was, I thought Guardiola's comments were very interesting after the game. And I also thought it was interesting that Gundogan stepped out and said, something is not right. We've been off. In the last two weeks, the hunger and desire is lacking because, um, you know, if City lose a game or draw a game, it's very easy for us in the media to, go over the top because it happens so rarely Um, and then you know you you get some fans coming back saying look you're second in the league or whatever many sides would kill for that but when the captain of the team is coming out and saying our players are not showing the right hunger or desire that is that is major red flags.
0: That's it and it it was the manager and the captain saying exactly the same thing so if they're noticing it then everyone else will and yeah, it's just something you've not really associated with, with City. Now, Guardiola did say that he, he it was put to him that City had been inconsistent and they, they drew with Everton and he said, well, did you see the Everton game? Because by his sort of claims, he said the only games that they played badly this season, he said, are Brentford and now against Southampton. The Brentford game, City were drawing and in that game until a breakaway in the, in the last minute. Now, I agree that they weren't good enough to win the game and Brentford were also deserved winners, but I think this one is even more of a concern because, like you say, there was no chances created Two half chances from Alvarez is all all they created, and and they let a Southampton side who are bottom of the league and and badly out of form completely dominate them and sort of pick out the weak weak spots. And now Nathan Jones, the Southampton manager, he was really defiant after the game because he's been under a bit of pressure, which seems a bit odd given that he's only been there five minutes. But he said in one of his answers, he said that. They basically targeted Calvin Phillips and said they put James Ward-Prowse a bit further up to lead the press because he's a bit more experienced. He's played City before. And the tactic, he said, was to sort of put the pressure on Phillips and then feed off that. And obviously another tactic was to put Gineppo on Gomez, which worked about five or six times. And I, I I do want to stress that it was a very good Southampton performance, as, as bad as City were. But I don't. yet yeah, like we've, we've been saying, I don't think any any players have played the way into form. And I'm looking at Gomez. I can't see where he gets another start this season because in the FA Cup, Arsenal are going to come to the Etihad, and they're obviously the best team in England at the moment. And do you do you start an out of form left back against against that side? I'm I'm not sure. I think Nathan Nathan Ake is he's suddenly become City's most reliable left back. You were talking about Gio Cancelo before. Now I got a bit of... I mean, you'll, you'll know this if you put a, a a player rating that is not what the majority think. You get reminded of it plenty of times in in your Twitter notifications. I, I gave him a six, which was probably a bit generous, but I, I did that because I just thought he didn't do anything wrong. He just didn't do anything right. He, he didn't really affect the game defensively or offensively. So maybe a five would have been would have been better. But I, th- I think when you said before that the concern of, of his performances, that's more concerning that he's not really doing anything. He's he's not necessarily doing anything wrong, but I, I do think Guardiola, and we can now potentially look forward to the Derby coming up on, on Saturday. I think he's got a decision to make over who he starts in those fullback positions, because in, in the return game in, in October, It was Walker and Cancello. That was an obvious choice. They're the two senior fullbacks. But now it looks like Hake might get the nod at left-back because he's in form at left-back and immediately strengthened the team when he came on. And then do you move Walker back over to the right to deal with Rashford? Or do you even play Rico Lewis, who's not played in the last two games and his, his position has probably strengthened? And what would you do with those fullback areas? Because it seems like City have had a plan all season and then the last few games, whether it's good performances from some or bad from the other, it, it's completely turned on its head now and Cancelo is one of the main reasons for that because he's not in great form at all.
1: Yeah, it has been a mad few weeks, really. Um, I, If I was the manager, I would play Walker at right-back and then... Two of the three of Stones, Kanji and Laporte in defence, and then Ake at left back, and I think that would be extremely harsh on Rico Lewis, and not at all harsh on Gio Cancelo, which is which shows how how wild the transformation has been. But I, I mean, you know, people will disagree. I I, I thought Walker was poor on. Um, Wednesday night, but I put that down more to him playing out of position in an unfamiliar defence. I think he was outstanding against Chelsea um at right back in the in the FA Cup win. Um so I would give him the benefit of the doubt. And he is still kind of City's best last man uh with his pace and the way he reads the game. And then, yeah, I mean there's an argument you could play Lewis at left back, and he has played a bit there for the, the eighteens, but it it would be seismic if Lewis starts um in terms of his his potential career and the way Guardiola currently sees him. But I think like you say Ake is is currently the best city defender um and has shown he can he can play at left, left back. It wouldn't wouldn't be easy for him against Marcus Rashford um but if if you give him a solid Defender to his to his right. I think that's probably the best option. But I, I mean, uh, it's the same with um, you know Cancelo, Phillips, a few others. Um, they will need to play, but I don't know what games coming up you would be kind of comfortable starting them in. Well,
0: this is it. The, the fixtures don't get any easier. It's Tottenham after after the derby, then Wolves, who are looking quite good under Lopetegui. and uh, I mean. There is one argument to say that going out of the Carabao Cup does give City a bit of a breather in those two midweeks towards the end of the month. Arsenal away at the end of is it the end of the month or the the first game in in February? Um, so City don't want to lose games, but Guardiola might not complain that he's got a little bit more time to work on on these issues on on the training ground. I'm I'm going to pick pick you up on something you just said. Ake, you feel is the best City defender. At the moment, this season,
1: are you, are you talking? Yeah, back I mean, or just generally, I think he's had a very good season. But it's uh, it's not just me that said it; it's Pep that said it. <laughs> so I'm on firm ground. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I just think he's been he's been very he's very good. You could argue that John Stones has been, and I won't have any issue with that. Um, but I kind of think John Stones was City's best defender last season and we kind of expect that if John Stones is anywhere near his best, he is City's best defender. I think it's been more of a surprise for Ake, who um, has always kind of been fourth choice, and even at the end of last season, um, it felt a bit strange that kind of Fernandinho was playing at centre-back with Laporte rather than Ake. I know there were uh, apparently minor minor injury issues, but he was still kind of on the bench, so it was it did feel like he wouldn't break through. And I just think he'd been terrific for City this season, at centre-back and left-back. Um, he kind of gives you that confidence that, that, you know, few defenders do. And, you know, he had a terrific World Cup with the Netherlands. He's come straight back in, fitted in. Um, yeah, I'm I really, really, really impressed with him this season. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice,
0: I'm not going to argue too much I think he has been he has been brilliant on uh, whether it's at center back or or left back and you mentioned before it'll be tough for him against Marcus Rashford but he he did relatively well to keep Mo Salah quiet in the uh, in the first game back against against Liverpool he's it seems like every challenge that is put against him he's he's passing now with flying colors and I think what's impressed me most about Aké this season is the sort of last-ditch tackles it there's been a few times where the team's looked to break, or he might even have lost the ball, but then he'll recover with a really good sliding tackle that just takes the pressure off completely. Um, and as bad as City were at Southampton, his presence immediately just solidified them and improved them and restricted Southampton to sort of their first, ta- first half tactic of putting Gineppo up against Sergio Gomez. They couldn't do that from as soon as he came on, that was a no go anymore. Um I think Manuel Akanji deserved credit as well because he came on and and strengthened the the centre of defence. I saw a few criticisms saying oh City need two goals and they're bringing on two defenders, but it was the defence that was that was the issue at Southampton. So those two changes made sense and I would expect both of those to start in the Derby. And I'm I might be tempted to, if it if it was me, to to start Rico Lewis. I just think City have looked a lot more comfortable and balanced when he's played in the last five to 10 games. Now, I, I think Walker will start for his experience and just his pace against whether it's Rashford or or Martial or wh- whoever plays on, on that side. But if City want to sort of get back to the system that they know, which is sort of being a bit more fluid in a back three when they ha- sort of have possession and but adding an extra body in midfield, I think Lewis is the the better player at the moment. You would have always said Cancelo was, but he's clearly not in good form. Lewis is in better form, and every time he's been given a big hurdle to to overcome, whether it's in pre season against the big teams that they played or the the big like he, he's not played in small games as he? he's played against Chelsea, Liverpool. He's played at Ellen Road. He's played in the Champions League. I I don't think a, a start at Old Trafford would phase him. It it would be massive, as as you say. But I, I think he could do it, and I I wouldn't put it past Guardiola to 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 at least consider it or maybe bring him off the bench if if if, if he's needed. So um, just just for the uh, the purposes a bit of a bit of balance, I'll I'll throw a Rico Lewis start into that. Um, another another player that I'm not too sure about his form recently is is Phil Foden. Now he he played in midfield the last two games. I thought he looked pretty good against Chelsea when City had a lot of the ball, but when they were under pressure against Southampton, he didn't really make it stick. And there was a big gap between City's attack, which was admittedly not very existent, and the defence. And that's where you want your sort of midfielder in the Kevin De Bruyne role to to get on the ball and, and bring it forward. I'm not also sure that he's played well enough on the wings recently to to get a start at Old Trafford and I think City's approach in general will be really really different to the sort of swashbuckling game that they played at the Etihad I think it'll be a lot more conservative and especially in mind of the Southampton defeat but do you think Foden could go from a hat-trick at the Etihad against United to maybe just a bench roll at, at Old Trafford?
1: Absolutely yeah although I, I wouldn't um, I still think City are a better team with Foden in it and um most of his his best work has come on the wings because that's where he's been used there, and you know Mars has been very good since the um, since the return after the World Cup. Obviously, he didn't go. Um, Grealish hasn't been bad at all. Um, I just kind of think. Fod- I don't think Foden has um, put in as many poor performances as Cancelo. Say Cancelo. I think we're at the point where it's like you're not really cutting it in the first team at the moment whereas Foden just hasn't been given the chance um what's he played like an hour at Chelsea in a mad formation and then two games in the middle so he's not really had a had a game on the wing um in your traditional city formation and that might be because he's not doing enough in training and you know Guardiola didn't pick him for quite a while before the international break um but at the same time, I just think it's—he is so good, and it's like you know when he didn't play for Gareth Southgate, and all the fuss was like, why isn't Foden playing? Because he is—he is that good, and you know I think he is a kind of player that can win you matches with explosive bits of pace, and it—I mean it, yeah. It, United are much much improved on when City beat them six three. Um, But at the same time, are they? I think Saturday will be a good test. You know, if we kind of look to um, United are on a long winning run. Um, But those games are like, uh, let me find it. Um, Yeah, Villa, Fulham, Burnley, Forest, Wolves, Bournemouth, Everton, Charlton. So you could say, right, well, they beat Everton and City didn't. But at the same time, it's not a long list of um, the best teams in the league there that they've beaten. So, yes, they they look much better and the defence seems to be very good. But at the same time, they've not come up against someone like City um, for that kind of real test to see how far they've come. So, you know, I I, I agree with you and I think that City will be far less... Kind of flamboyant, but I just kind of think, well, why don't you try? Why don't you just give it a go and see how United hold up? Because they won't be used to the quality of player that City have got, Um and you know, it, it could be another another route if City really turn it on against them.
0: Well, this is it. I, I asked our colleague Tyrone, who watches United more than we do, and he said, "Yes, they've been good, but." The opposition haven't been all that, and the, the games that United would expect to win, and the only thing, the only reason people are talking about it is because they have won. And in the past, they, they haven't been winning these games and been been slipping up. So, I mean, on on the one hand, you've got to win those games if, if you want to do anything in the season, and they'll only be a point behind City if if they win. I think, um, if I've done my maths right in the table, but yeah, I'd, City will uh, will feel. Confident as they always do. I, th- I think there's some more El Khaygan quotes which says, "Yes, we weren't good, but maybe the Southampton defeat was the wake-up call we need." And especially going into uh, a derby at United, there is always a confidence because City probably know they have better players, and if they have a bit of a point to prove, and if they're sort of going to be a bit dangerous after after losing a game in the manner that they did then I'm sure there's a lot of players who who want to put things right and it seems like Gundogan knows what, what's gone wrong and De Bruyne was probably one of the better performers when he came on, even if he couldn't help them back. Now, Haaland didn't get a goal, but he would love to get one at Old Trafford. Did he say at the start of the season that this was the the fixture that he was looking out for the most? So he's going to be bang up for it as well. You've got players like Phil Foden who are local who, who will also be... Uh, Ready to to give United a a game at Old Trafford and with all the noise of oh yeah United are back and this is going to be the the sort of closest derby in years I'd imagine there'll be a few at City who don't want to hear that and might take that a little bit personally and I suppose if if you've had one terrible result you could look at it and say a derby is a really good one to get back at because you can't you can't go hiding you can't have an attitude that is anything less than perfect so. They've got to be on it and when City are on it they often they often win these games. I, I think he will go with what he, the, the sort of formation he often does in these games of De Bruyne, Gundogan and Bernardo. I think he'll look at recent games and think, right, I need a bit more control in this midfield especially with the United midfield three actually looking like they can put a, a tackle in nowadays rather than the McTominay and Fred combination that you, you used to be able to walk through. Um, I, I think he'll go with that and maybe Riyad Maras as the other player that that doesn't strike too much sort of flair as as we've touched on but you can then bring on Foden, Grealish, those sort of players I think it'll be a very different lineup to the to the 6-3 but I would yeah I think I would agree with you that City are probably going to be favorites for the game if if they turn up and I would imagine that the last few days have been uh, Guardiola and Gundogan and all the coaches saying yeah you've you can't get any worse than you did against Southampton and, and there's got to be um, an improvement. Do you think there's any areas of that, that United team that can cause City problems? They've obviously got Marcus Rashford, who's in very, very good form. They might, I don't think we've... Do we know if they've signed Valt Weghorst yet? I don't know if he'd play, but they might have something different to 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 give City if if he is available I think it will be a game where United will feel as confident as they have in a long time.
1: Yeah, I mean um United have apparently got the best defensive midfielder in the the city, the league and the world, so I think um Rodri might enjoy having a having a look at that um over the weekend. Um Rashford is obviously in terrific form and he his level of performance is now back up to to near his best. Uh, which will obviously worry City. You know, he was worrying them as a as a teenager when he was just breaking into the side, um, and it hasn't changed that that pace and skill can unsettle any defender. So, I think City do need to be careful. I mean, you know, Anthony scored at, at the Etihad from from nowhere, really. Um, so th- there are there are issues. City to deal with but at the same time I think they've always had success against United when they've played the game on their terms when they've been able to to control the game and carry out their plan um, they've scored more than United and I think they've the United have won two of the last ten meetings at, at Old Trafford City have been much better against United away from home than they have at home and maybe that's because United have been more content to sit back and counter at the Etihad, and then they've been picked off. But, but you know, United are more dangerous because they are in form, but also, if they are in form and going for it, will they be kind of under a bit more pressure to to be more active and aggressive than they have been in, in recent derby matches, um, which will open up space for, for City. So I think City are still, still comfortable favourites for it. Um, but they will... Yeah, they will be bothered by United a bit more. I feel like United were in a decent bit of form, five wins from six when they came to the Etihad, um, including wins over Liverpool and Arsenal. So, you know, they, they were all right then and then they got absolutely creamed at the Etihad. It was kind of very lucky for for them to get three in a 6-3. In a so, um, I, I just think it'll be a real test of where United are, because we kind of know where City are. But it's, you know, if United win this, then they're they're firmly in the title race. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft CoPilot. That feeling when CoPilot gets
0: everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When CoPilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when CoPilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Yeah, I think I'd sort of come on this podcast thinking, you know, maybe United are favorites because City was so bad at Southampton and they just looked completely lost and alien to the side that we used to. And now I might have convinced myself that no, because they will clearly respond. They'll bring back all the players. And when City are at their best, they are going to be better than... United, so yeah, I think as well, the Etihad game was sort of a bit of an, an anomaly because normally we've seen that the away side have, have sort of done better in in recent years in the derby. City have a very decent record at Old Trafford. They they know what it's like to and what's needed to sort of silence that crowd and and take the game to to United. So they would love to do that again. Yeah, I've, I've, I think I've gone from thinking United might nick it to no of course they're not City City are going to do it Um, now before I get a score prediction off you there is a far more pressing question to ask you this week and it's the one that dominated the City dressing room which is would you rather fight a hippo or a crocodile sign up
1: (laughs) well having not given the answer (laughs) or the question much thought before um, I think yeah I've been I've been sided um, convinced by the majority of the squad, other than other than Rodri, to say that yeah, Hippo would be bad. Although a um, a colleague of mine said that um, he would rather a Hippo because then his death would be quicker.
0: Well, yeah,
1: there is that I kind of thought. Yeah, I can see, <laughs> I can see the logic behind that as well. What would you go for?
0: Well, I've I, I've always thought like. Crocodiles and alligators terrifying because they're so fast. But my girlfriend recently—well, I asked her the question and she pointed out all you've got to do is just put the put the mouth shut and they can't open it. So that seems like a way that you could win. So <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. I'll fight a crocodile. I'll uh, I'll do right. that. Now the less important question: What score do you think it's going to be? Uh,
1: I th- I think two nil City. I think I don't think it'll be a complete obliteration like it was. In October, but I kind of think City will have the majority of the possession and control and get enough goals for it to be it to be comfortable. And like you say, they can't be. They will respond from the Southampton result. I would say
0: I don't think we'd hear the end of it if they were as worse as 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 bad as they were. I think I'll go two one City, but I don't think there'll be a lot in it. I think it'll be the tightest derby we've seen in quite a while. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I always like it when there's some actual jeopardy in these games and I think for the first time in a while we we will actually have that just because City might have lowered slightly to United's level and United have risen a bit so yeah I think it'll be like you say a good test for United but also a good test for City to to respond from maybe some inconsistent form in in recent weeks so uh yeah enjoy your trip to Old Trafford on on Saturday and we will have updates from from City, from United, from all, everything that's happening from the Derby weekend. um, Nice early one, early kickoff on on Saturday. You can follow that on our Twitter, our Facebook um, and on the uk. and we've also got new videos and updates on our new YouTube channel. That's, I think, Man City underscore M-E-N but if you search Manchester Evening News, Manchester City on YouTube. You will find us where we'll have lots of content on there. So, uh, yeah, City fans, if you can, enjoy your derby day and uh, we'll be back next week to uh, discuss whatever happens at Old Trafford and see if City can uh, do the double over United again. Thank you very much for joining us.